Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, this is Gillian Tabor, Equine Physio. I'm doing this podcast today to talk to you about objective gait assessment and also the little bit of the details about movement asymmetry measurements in horses. Now, in my physiotherapy practice, every time I see a horse, I look to see how they move, both in hand and, if possible, on the lunge. I'm looking for not only the quality of movement, but basically to screen the horse for lameness. In my job, if the horse is lame, then that would mean that I would either uh, have a discussion with the vet or refer back to the vet because my primary task is certainly not to diagnose because that's illegal for my profession in the UK, but it's more about management of problems or treating issues that have been referred to me by the vet. So if we have a primary lameness, then it's not appropriate for me to treat them. So I need to have a little bit of uh, skill to be able to actually evaluate how the horse moves. And I think this is something useful that as owners and riders, we ought to have the basic knowledge and understanding of how the horse moves so that we can do that when we're looking at our horses. And perhaps, you know, if we're coaching or we're working with other people's horses, uh, we need to be able to help them out with that as well. So 
I'm sure you all are um, very clear on the fact that if your horse has pain anywhere in a limb, then they are going to not be willing to put weight on it because it is going to hurt. And all through this discussion, I'm not talking about any specific pathologies. I'm not going to talk about anything to do with the differences as to whether the pain is coming from joint or whether it's coming from soft tissue in a limb. But I will talk a little bit about how I think the back movement influences lameness. But the horse that has got pain in the limb is going to try and take less force through that leg uh, if that force is creating pain. If we look at the weight distribution through the horse, then we know that in standing and in movement, it takes more of its weight through the front legs and roughly that's about 60%. So each front leg bears more weight and more loading than each hind leg. And that is a reason why it's more simple, I should say, uh, maybe more obvious that we see a forelimb lameness easier than we see a hind limb lameness. Now, it's very obvious if a horse has an abscess in his hoof and uh, he doesn't want to put um, much weight at all through the leg, then you can see that they will potentially have a, a shortened amount of time that they put their weight through that leg and then they'll hold it up in the air longer. So that time on the ground is called the stance phase and the time in the air is called the swing phase. If there's a hind limb lameness, uh, then they often do the same thing about shifting the weight off the hind leg. And if we think that we've got 40% of the weight on each uh, on the hind quarters, we'd expect each hind leg to bear 50%, sorry, 50% of that. So 20% of the whole body weight of force um, in total. Now that does change during gait because the forces increase because of the fact that the horse is landing uh, after pushing off in the air. So we have to consider that. But if we think that each foreleg should take 50% of the front half and each hind leg should take 50% of the hind half, then you know we're on to a, a pretty good average. The compensation strategies of the horse are really interesting and they're not clear cut. Each horse has its own individual compensation strategy. So it might want to shift its weight to the opposite side. So the opposite front leg or the opposite hind leg. It might want to shift its weight either forwards or backwards. And when doing so, it can do so either on the diagonal or on the same side. There are sort of general rules of thumb that you should expect, um, but as I said, each horse is an individual. And that sort of adds to the complexity of trying to understand where the lameness is coming from if the horse is going through a, a process of this compensation and maybe it's done it for a while and it's become quite effective at doing so. It makes it harder for us to judge where a primary lameness is coming from, but more of that a little bit later. So if we've got a forelimb lameness, then the horse is trying to not put so much weight on it. So what you'll see is a change in the amount of the body weight shifting over to that side, which includes the movement of the head and neck. So I'm sure you've seen a horse that has got what's called a head nod. In a normal horse movement, the horse's head and neck actually follows a what's called a sinusoidal pattern. So it flows up and down twice through a stride. 
As it does that, it shifts its weight up and down. And there's a, a pattern of that that goes in the same motion as when each foreleg goes down on the ground. But if they are trying to offload one leg, then you'll see a change in that forelimb, that head and neck movement. So the amount that the head and neck goes up and down changes. So they'll have a greater movement when the sound leg is down on the ground, the head will go down. And when the foreleg is on the ground, you'll have a higher movement. So you see this um, asymmetric head nod and as I said on a forelimb if you've got something as acutely painful as a hoof abscess um, or something very serious then that is quite obvious to see. You could see it in the walk if it's that bad but for lameness examinations most will be done in trot. That's because the movement in trot is symmetrical. The horse moves over each diagonal and has a period of suspension in between them. So there are two very distinct halves of the gait which should match two very symmetrical movements of the upper body up and down during that stride. If you've got a hind limb uh, that's in pain, you'll also see the same pattern. They're not going to load that side so much during the stance phase and they're not going to push off the limb uh, as much either. So they're not going to create as much force to push the body off the leg. So again, you get this asymmetric movement of the pelvis up and down during the stride. It should be the same as the head and neck in trot. It should be sinusoidal with two peaks and two troughs. So it goes up twice and it goes down twice. Again, if you've got a horse that's very lame behind, it's really easy to see. You see that hip hitching uh, where you've got an asymmetrical hind movement. But unfortunately, when they've got a slight lameness or perhaps they are offloading one leg and they're shifting their weight either forward on the diagonal or forward to the same side, then you might not see such an obvious pattern of asymmetry. The difficult thing is, well, that our eyes aren't that sensitive to being able to see very sort of subtle asymmetries. And this has led to quite a good series of research that has been published in the journals from groups of vets that have shown that human eyes aren't particularly sensitive to actually being able to uh, notice small asymmetries. And also there's not very much agreement between people as to what they see and how much they see. So a single person might be able to compare horse A and horse B, but two people are usually not very uh, reliable. So there's not a huge amount of agreement between two people looking at a single horse. And this has been tested in a, a series of studies using both live horses and using video to actually capture how much agreement there is between them. And it's interesting that uh, when comparing sort of experts, so very experienced vets and uh, not such experienced vets, we see that same pattern. And I've been involved in some small research where we've looked at physios agreement and actually we've looked at physios agreement with sort of more modern technology as well. And I think we uh, actually follow that same pattern. 
The only difference that um, I would say with my gait assessment is that it's unlikely for me to see very severe lamenesses or if I do not going to pursue a lameness uh, assessment because at that point I will refer it to the vet. So the method that I use for assessment is going to be slightly different for a vet albeit we say we would use similar scales either a 0 to 10 or a 0 to 5 scale discussing whether or not it is a mild moderate or severe lameness whether it's consistent i.e with every stride or whether it is only uh, it's sort of inconsistent um, and appears just occasionally so the so research from the 90s looked into this agreement of visual gait assessment and uh, slightly prior to that and around that time, the sort of main interest in being able to measure these gait asymmetries is shown in the literature. So originally, when looking at the biomechanics of the horse, we've got some studies that used video cameras and they use 2D analysis so they use the horse moving from the side and the horses would have markers on and the video would then be assessed post hoc so it would be taken away for analysis and the amount of movement of the joints of the leg the stride length the angles of the swing forward protraction and as it swings back the retraction would be measured as well as the movement of the upper body so how high and low the head get so usually it's a marker on the pole or how high the withers move or how high uh, the hindquarters move up and down then with the advent of uh, better technologies, better video cameras and also 3D motion analysis, horses were then able to be assessed using multiple camera systems and being able to be evaluated in three dimensions. So this is your uh, motion capture and you may be familiar with seeing it now because it's used in the sort of computer graphics that are used in films and animation where you have somebody in a suit with lots of markers on, they're doing their movement in front of a grid of cameras and then you can use computer software to track the markers and to tell you about their range of motion and also the angles between markers. So this is um, you know, very, very clever technology but it is um, very uh, intense in terms of its computer analysis and you have to have quite expensive kit to be able to do this. But these systems, certainly the Pro Reflex with the Qualysis analysis is actually considered gold standard. The difficulty with these systems though is that you have to have a lab, uh, you have to have the ability for the horse to run through the sets of cameras and uh, you have to have you know very high knowledge in how to uh, use the information that you get to its best advantage. So fortunately very clever people then took this idea of needing objective gait and analysis from the lab into the real world and they have designed systems that use inertial motion units so IMUs and there's a couple of companies that do those and you might be familiar with some of the names so we've got the Lameless Locator we've also got the Equigate uh, now we've got a system called Equimoves so these put little kits uh, little um 
basically the size of a matchbox, stick them to the bony landmarks on the horse, and then you can um, go out and about, and uh, so long as the, well, with the early ones, you need the Bluetooth range, but you need to be able to turn them on and off and then download the data. Um, those actually then measure what we call displacement. So inside they've got accelerometers that measure the amount of movement in the three dimensions and very clever back-end software works that out for you and um, you can have that presented to you in a series of graphs. Uh, you can have uh, them actually report the millimeters difference of movement between the left and the right sides during the stance and swing, You know how much the head and neck go up, um, how much the withers move and how much the hindquarters move move. So what we have now got is a very, very clear knowledge of what happens to the upper body movement during uh, gait, so during trot in hand in a straight line on a soft surface, and also comparing what happens on the left rein to the right rein when the horse is on the lunge, because the software can work out the comparison between the left and right sides so that you can also get what we call symmetry variables. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So we've got uh, very clear bodies of evidence that demonstrate that there are differences between the lowest point of the head and the pelvis and the highest points of the head and the pelvis during various lamenesses. And that these actually change if the vet is using diagnostic analgesia and that is effective on a source of pain, then we get the horse's movement returning to more symmetry of these head and pelvis movements. It's really, really very useful for vets to be able to use these systems when they are trying to evaluate these very subtle lamenesses that are virtually impossible to see by eye but perhaps the rider is reporting them or the horse is displaying some pain signs uh, that actually don't appear to be um, coming from anywhere. You can put the kits on and then you can identify what's happening to the horse's body. It's uh, known that when you look at the riding horses that are considered sound by their owners, we actually, interestingly, see quite a lot of these subtle asymmetries that aren't noticeable by, as I said, the owner or rider in their sort of daily role with the horses. So we've got a very, very nice study that looked at movement asymmetries in horses that were perceived to be pain-free. 
And these horses had a lameness locator attached to them and they were assessed on a straight line. They're on the lunge uh, on the left and right circles. Um, and this is a study that's authored by Rodin. They took 222 horses and measured them. And I would urge you to try and guess how many were actually asymmetric. Well, shockingly, it's quite a high number. There were 72.5% of horses that were considered to have values outside of preset thresholds for what was considered um, not clinically asymmetric. Now, I say that with a bit of hesitation because this threshold as to what's considered normal or what's considered clinically asymmetric is under debate. As an example from an earlier study, it was considered that horses that had a head movement that was six millimeters asymmetric and a pelvis movement of over three millimeters asymmetric were considered sort of outside the realms of um, what was acceptable. But think about that, that's three millimetres of pelvis up and down or six millimetres of head up and down. So those are very, very tight, uh, tight thresholds to be working from. And there is debate in the veterinary literature as to what these thresholds should be set at or indeed should we set these thresholds. Obviously, if they're much, much higher than those small millimetres, then we're going to be able to observe that with our eyes uh, and there's pretty obvious clinical lameness. But at what point does this asymmetry become uh, acceptable, normal or um, biological variation or confirmation or sort of mechanical normal movement of the horse? But back to this study by Rodin. So 72.5% of these horses uh, were considered asymmetry. And the question was, were, were these asymmetries caused by pain or pathology or simple biological variation? So they suggested that to find that out, these horses would need to have a full clinical exam and diagnostic analgesia. The split of the asymmetries as to whether they were more on the left side or the right side was pretty much 50-50 and therefore the authors suggest that they couldn't be due to rider handedness because uh, we're not 50-50 left or right. It couldn't be, it's unlikely to be due to horse laterality or even due to horse handling because, uh, you know, we handle our horses mostly from the left. So it showed uh, an interesting pattern of the number of horses that are asymmetric, although they're perceived pain-free, but it didn't actually then uh, go further at that stage. Another group of authors have also looked at asymmetries before and after treatment with meloxicam, which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. So you'd expect if these asymmetries were due to pain, you put them on anti-inflammatories, you'd expect the asymmetries to change. So in this study, they had uh, 140 horses screened for asymmetry and in the end, they actually treated 66 of the horses because there are quite a lot that weren't asymmetrical. There were some that were difficult to assess um, and others were actually too lame to be a part of the study. And this study was a nice one because they had a four-day treatment of either the anti-inflammatory or a placebo. So that meant that the observers were blinded to whether the horse uh, undertaking the lameness examination was on the anti-inflammatory or not. 
They then left the horses for 14 to 16 days and then switched groups. So those that had the anti-inflammatories then had the placebo and those that had had the placebo then had the drug. So they both uh, had, they undertook both conditions. So again, this is quite interesting because in the end, there was no significant effect of the treatments. So the asymmetries of the horses when they're assessed by the lameness locator actually stayed the same. So their conclusions were that the movement asymmetry was not because of the pain. Was it because of the normal variation, laterality or confirmation? Um, Or was it that the meloxicam did not effectively moderate the pain? But with those asymmetries staying there, that is leads caution to us thinking that the uh, asymmetries are anything other than normal variation. But again, we have to decide what threshold we're accepting as normal asymmetries and what we're not. We know from humans we have normal asymmetries, um, we have our left and right handedness we have morphology so we're likely to have you know a slightly different orientation of our shoulder joints or our hip sockets very slightly different lengths of bones um, we will have also different muscle mass and different strengths from our left and right sides so it's not unreasonable to expect the horse to have the same but we don't know why and we also don't know whether those asymmetries will then go on to be a reason for a risk of injury in the horse. We do know that horses that exhibit lameness have a high correlation with actually having back pain as well and we also know that those with back pain when it's induced change the way they both move their back and also change their limbs. We know that horses that have lameness induced for research purposes change the symmetry of their pelvis and their head. And we also know that they change their back movement. So we know that there's this amazing link between limb movement and upper body movement. So what happens in the back and what happens in the legs. But we've got uh, a long way to go to really, really nail the complexities of what happens, why, and what it means for our sport horses. So I think for me, this is a really, really interesting area of research. So I'm fortunate enough to have access to a, uh, a bit of kit called the Slape app, which is also available to vets. And this means that I can actually assess asymmetries in the horse using modern technology, in fact, using AI, without having to marker up horses, use video cameras or even stick IMUs on the horse. The Slape app is uh, pretty amazing. You video the horse in a straight line. You have certain instructions as to how to do that. And then your video gets sent off to uh, be computer AI'd assessed and it comes back with these symmetry assessments. So with the Slape app, it looks at head symmetry and it looks at pelvic symmetry. So I have found this really, really very useful in practice. So at the moment, I 
I'm, I'm not using it for diagnosis and certainly if a horse is lame then that goes to the vet but I'm using it for gathering sort of screening information for my clients because I work with horses that are actually being uh, competed at quite a high level so it's performance management and it means to me that I can track these subtle asymmetries I can learn what's normal for my horse they might have a slightly less push off from one hind leg they might have slightly less uh, impact or loading on one foreleg but at that point they are performing well they've been seen by the vet and cleared to it be in full work but if that's normal for the horse then I can track that on subsequent visits and we can very early pick up whether or not there is a, a problem with the horse. The one thing that this very clever app doesn't do though is it doesn't measure direction of withers movement and there's been a, a paper published recently which follows up some from some earlier research by um, these authors that are studying uh, movement asymmetries and I'm quite happy to provide a, a bibliography of the papers that I'm talking about. But what's interesting is that they look at the lameness uh, from a limb, they look at head movement and they also look at the direction of the head movement and the withers movement, whether it's indicating a left or right lameness and also the same from a hind limb movement to see whether that's indicating a left or a, hind a, left or a right hind limb movement. When you're able to actually have uh, movements that look at so when you are able to have assessment of the head and the wither movement, then you can actually delve into these compensatory patterns of movement. Because if the head and the wither asymmetry is in the same direction, then this was shown in horses that have uh, a lameness in that direction. And that was actually uh, demonstrated by using diagnostic analgesia, so nerve blocks to to for all of a want of better words, to prove which leg it was in. But if the head and the withers show different directions of the lameness, so say the head is suggesting that it's a left fore and the, right, uh, the withers are suggesting it's a right fore, then actually that could well be a compensation for a lameness from a hind limb which, as I said earlier, that shows that the horse is shifting its weight onto the contralateral diagonal or onto the ipsilateral, so the same side forelimb. So to be able to actually analyse these compensatory movements, we really also need a, a directional indication of the asymmetry of the withers movement as well. So it gets even more complex and even, even more interesting. What I'd like to do with these asymmetry assessments is to look to see if we've got a situation where we've got back pain and then I treat the back pain, what happens to the direction of the asymmetry? Does it change the asymmetry? Um, does it shift it, the compensation from showing one side to the other? Uh, or it also does it reduce the asymmetry? And these are all questions that I think need to be answered in the future. So if you want to read the research, as I said, I'll provide a list of references. Some of the papers actually are open access. Um, and uh, if you are interested in the details of those that aren't open access, I'm more than willing to do a research review and talk through those as well. So please do get in touch and we'll um, delve into the subject even, 
even even in more depth even though I am literally just um, just at the surface of this because it, it is so fascinating and so complex so thank you very much for listening and if you've got any questions or uh, anything you want to discuss more then please do get in touch imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96% replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter.